Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Good morning, everyone. Glad you're tuning in with us today, and uh, thank you for taking the opportunity, taking the time to be with us this morning in the praise and worship, and now for uh, studying God's Word together, and I believe that God has laid upon my heart a particular message today, and I want to share it with you. Uh, uh, this morning. So if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, we're going to be looking in two places this morning. First will be Numbers chapter 23, uh, and then we will be looking at James chapter 1. So uh, Numbers chapter 23 and James chapter 1. Uh, In chapter 23, we're only going to look at verse 19, but we're going to talk about it in great detail. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he might lie, or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act, or promise and not fulfill? There's a lot of information that's happening here, a lot of background that needs to be given for that one verse. Uh, Before we start that, I want to get your minds kind of thinking this morning. Uh, Have you ever been lied to? I know I've been lied to. I'm sure all of us have been lied to at some point or another. We've been lied to, and we have also been the uh, the one who has lied to other people. Uh, We've been lied to. We've lied to other people. We've deceived people, and we have been deceived. Uh, I know that uh, it's a big joke in my family because when I was in elementary school and and, uh, lower junior high, I was a pathological liar. I mean, that is the truth. I'm embarrassed of it today, but uh, back then, for whatever reason, I didn't lie to get out of trouble necessarily. I just lied to lie. Uh, And uh, uh, one of my famous lies I told uh, when I was just in elementary school is I was into bowling, and I bowled with my dad on a regular basis, and uh, I was just, don't even know why I did it, but I was in my bed with my, uh, laying down, and my mom was talking to me and Charlie that morning, or that night before bed, and, and uh, she just was asking about her day, and so out of nowhere, I'm like, yeah, dad and I, when we went bowling, some kid's figure got stuck in the ball, and it drug him all the way down the alley, and he got a strike. I mean, just stupid, crazy lies like that, and mom would just look at me. Uh, again, I was just a little thing. Um, but I told dumb, dumb lies like that all the time, always trying to deceive or make myself uh, feel better or just to be the center of attention, right, to uh, make myself uh, feel better uh, about my, myself or uh, to, to get people to look at me in a different way. And uh, I always had a problem with my self-esteem. And, and the truth is that I was always trying to get attention. Uh, I get teased a lot about being the middle child. Uh, I have an older brother, a younger brother, uh, and uh, uh, the joke is, is that, uh, you know, the middle child joke, and I definitely had the middle child stigma, and I needed attention, and lying was one of the ways that I got attention. Crazy, ridiculous lies. Uh, So I'm sure that we've all told a lie or two. We've all uh, been on the receiving end of a lie or two. Uh, We've been deceived. You've had someone deceive you. I've had people deceive me where they presented one thing and then they did something completely different. Maybe they 
backstabbed you or they took advantage of you. They presented a face to you of one thing and then they turned around and did something the complete opposite which took you by surprise and hurt you. I know I've had that happen in my life where someone presented themselves a certain way and honestly they broke my heart because of the deception. Why? Because we are human. We are human beings. We are selfish. We are self-centered. Uh, no matter what anyone tells you, every single human being on the face of this planet has self-interest at heart. Uh, there are people who are better at hiding it or people who are better at controlling it than others. But the truth is, we are selfish, self-centered people. We want what we want when we want it. We want to have power, prestige, control. We want to be the center of attention. We want people to, uh, uh, to pat us on the back. We want people to make us feel good about ourselves. I mean, that is just the case. And where I'm going with this is, is that we live in a world today, right now, that's dominated by people who are vying for attention. And so they're saying whatever they feel like they need to say to get man's attention and the approval of man. They're manipulative. They're, they're manipulative. They're, 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 they're conniving. Uh, they're deceivers who are striving to get the attention of man because they desire to have the praise of man instead of being humble and submitting themselves to God. We are surrounded by leaders in our political spectrum, whether you're conservative or Democrat, Republican or liberal, uh, whatever the case may be, there are those who are in it merely for the attention and for the power and for the influence, and they will say whatever lie they need to say so that they can get reelected and they will make every promise that they need to make so that they can be reelected only to disappoint us time and time and time again. We have people in the church, uh, leaders in the church who make promises, leaders in the church who preach something that is completely contrary to the word of God. Why? Because they want to tickle ears and they want people to come and sit upon their pews and they want people to listen to what they have to say so that they will have a power, they'll have a prestige, they'll have a control. They get their ego stroked because man in and of himself desires those things. We want that power. And we will hurt, and we will lie, and we will cheat, and we will steal, and we and ultimately to get our own needs met, whatever that is. And that is manifested in many different ways. And people who, who say that they're not affected by that, if they were to really be honest with themselves and look at their lives, we start acting that way from the time that we're children. Uh, from the time that we're manipulating our parents to get a cookie before dinner saying what needs to be said, being sweet. From the time that you were a teenager and you wanted to buy the, borrow the, the, the car, uh, keys to the car, you would be deceptive, you would do chores, you would you know, be all loving and caring, uh, not because you loved or cared or because you were being helpful, but because you wanted the keys to the car. I mean, we all are guilty of that as adults, as children. Uh, we are uh, guilty uh, of that selfishness and self-centeredness. We are surrounded by people who are selfish. And in the midst of that, we get hurt. In the midst of the selfish society, we hurt people and people hurt us. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. We're so busy chasing after our goals and our desires that we accidentally, we unintentionally hurt people. There was no malice. 
intended. There was no desire to hurt someone, but in rushing and chasing our own pursuits, we step on somebody else. And then other times, it's absolutely premeditated, where we are trying to hurt someone else to promote ourselves. And we get hurt, and we become disenfranchised, and we get angry, and we get bitter, because someone has let us down, or we did not get to where we wanted to be through our own plans and schemes. And that is no more evident than it is here in what I read to you in Numbers chapter 23. Is that we have a liar and a schemer, Balak. He's a king of the Moab, Moabites, and he's nervous because Israel has... Um, you know, gathered up and they're growing and uh, they've uh, been manhandling their enemies and he's afraid they're going to move against him and he doesn't want to be destroyed. And so as the king, he finds this diviner, for lack of a better word, uh, who uh, seemed to have some kind of success in blessing and cursing people uh, or, or things. And so uh, this guy's name is Balaam. And Balaam sends the people to Balaam because he says to Balaam, look, uh, you, when you bless things, they're blessed. And when you curse things, they're cursed. And so uh, I want you to curse Israel because I can't destroy them without it. They will destroy us. I, I know that I can win if you will curse them. And Balaam refuses. And, and this happens a, a couple of times. And then every time, to, to try to speed up the story here, every time that, 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 that Balaam went to curse the, the nation of Israel, he would end up blessing them. And, and, and you know, Balaam could promise all this money for him to curse, but every single time, Balaam blessed them instead of cursing them until the very famous final time when Balaam is upon his donkey to go and uh, the donkey won't stop uh, or won't move. He stops in the road and Balaam is hitting it and beating it and yelling at it to keep going as he's going to meet Balak the king. And uh, the donkey turns around and talks to him and says, uh, listen, buddy, there's an angel up here that's going to kill us if you keep going. Because Balaam was going once again uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and he was going to curse the people of Israel. And every single time God had said no. Balaam was, uh, even though he said that he would only say what God wanted him to say, he was not a good person. Uh, he wanted the money. We know uh, from other places in Scripture that when he was unable to curse Israel, he actually gave uh, the, the, the king of Moab a suggestion, which was to allow, instead of attacking them, allow their daughters to marry the Israel's uh, sons and Israel's sons to marry their daughters uh, and their sons to marry Israel's daughters and vice versa, so that it would pull uh, Israel into idolatry of the number one commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so uh, uh, Balaam is not a good person. Even when he could not curse them the way that Balak wanted him to curse them, he gave Balak what he needed to destroy Israel. And that was to have them commit idolatry. The minute that those sons married their daughters and vice versa, it allowed Israel uh, would, was pulled into their idol worship and into their worship of false gods. And ultimately, Ultimately, over time, it led to their destruction uh, and being taken away into captivity. So Balaam was not a good person. And as we look at this, uh, you know, God had promised, God had promised Abraham. He had told Abraham that he would bless his seed and that he would make his children and his 
descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. He, he promised uh, to Jacob. He promised to Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made that promise. He, he renewed that promise with them to tell them that they would be a great nation and that they, whoever blessed them would be blessed and whoever cursed them would be cursed. And, you know, here it is all of these generations later and Israel is wandering around, uh, you know, in the wilderness. And uh, even though they have done things to be disobedient to God, God has been faithful to them. And even though God has had to punish them, from time to time, and God has had to chastise and correct them. He still has been faithful to them. He has still protected them. He still met their needs. Uh, and so here we are, uh, even when uh, uh, Balaam is trying to curse them, God is keeping his promise to Abraham that he would protect him and not allow anyone to curse his children. He was keeping that promise that he had made generations to go. And so when you and I look at verse 19 and understand the context, when God says, uh, is God not a man that he might lie or a son of man that he might change his mind? Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? That carries heavy weight because what is being said here is that God cannot lie. And he's not like a man that he can change his mind. So even though Balak wanted Israel cursed, and even Balaam was willing to be paid to try to curse Israel, God would not allow Balaam to curse Israel. So even though they desired Israel's destruction, God would not allow Israel to be destroyed. Why? Because God cannot lie and God keeps his word. I love it when it says God is not like the son of man that he would change his mind. When God makes a promise, he intends to keep that promise and he will follow through on that promise. Yes, Israel suffered and because of their idolatry, God went as long as he could until finally they were carried away into captivity. But even then, God protected them and he kept the remnant to make sure that the descendants of Abraham would live forever and that they would become a nation. He still kept his promise, even though he had to chastise them, even though they had to be punished because of their idolatry and their rebelliousness before him. God was still faithful. And someday, when everything's said and done, Israel will be what God called her to be. His chosen people. The nation that they were supposed to be. Because God made a promise to Abraham. And God made a promise to Isaac. And God made a promise to Jacob. And God keeps his promises. So even all of these uh, centuries and millennia later, God is still working to complete his promise. God is not slack concerning his promises. God does not grow weary. God does not grow weak. God does not grow tired. And even today, he's working to fulfill the promise that he made to Abraham all of those thousands of years ago. And that should give you and I comfort to know that God is always working in spite of what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears, that God is still working to protect us, to keep us. He promised in his word that he that has started a good work in us would see it to completion. That means that God is not going to allow us to be hung out to dry, but he's going to keep perfecting us according to his perfect will so that you and I can be made into the image of his son. We have hope. We can have joy. We can have peace in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of the corruption and in the midst of the lies because we serve the one who is not corrupt and he is incorruptible. 
devil. He cannot be tempted. He cannot be tempted to sin. He cannot be tempted nor bribed. God is not like man. He cannot be bribed. He cannot be blackmailed. He cannot be manipulated. We cannot manipulate God. Blackmail God. And we cannot bribe God. And that should give us hope. Because in a world of manipulators, in a world of people who are conniving and deceitful, and you never know what you see is what you get. You never know what's really going on behind the eyes. You never know what's happening. You're always second-guessing, always worried about uh, who has your best interests at heart, right? Uh, when we look at everything that's happening around us with God, we don't have to because no one can bribe God. No one can blackmail God. No one can manipulate God. That means what he said he will do. Good men fail because they're able to be bribed, manipulated, and blackmailed. Why? Because we make mistakes. We make mistakes that could be exploited. We make mistakes that we're embarrassed of. We make mistakes that we're ashamed of and it puts us in vulnerable position. And so therefore, we are in a position where people under the right circumstances could try to manipulate, bribe, or blackmail us and maybe even be successful. I know when I have to do my clearance and stuff. Uh, they always come in and uh, they ask me all kinds of questions and they want to ensure as, as it relates to various areas of my life, my relationships, my finances and other areas that I'm not in a position that I'm ashamed of anything that I've done where I could be blackmailed or that I'm not in a position of need where someone could manipulate me. Why? Because I'm human, and in the right circumstances, man can be manipulated, blackmailed, and bribed because of our selfishness, selfishness and our will to be self-preserved, and our will to protect ourselves and our self-interest. But you see, God never makes mistakes, and God never messes up, and God never changes, so therefore, God can never be bribed or manipulated. No one can come to God and say, God, well, you did this, so if you don't uh, do X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to tell somebody. Why? Because God never does anything that's wrong, and he's not ashamed of anything that he's ever done. In terms of his will, in terms of his truth, God cannot be manipulated, and that should give you and I hope. Because even though you can be manipulated and I can be manipulated, God cannot. Even though our leaders can be manipulated, God cannot. Even though our spouses can be manipulated, God cannot. Even though our families can be manipulated, God cannot be manipulated. He's not like man that he would lie. He's not like man that he would change his mind. And that should give us while we're surrounded in a world of people who are liars and deceivers. God, God remains faithful. He's the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be the same tomorrow as he is today. God never changes. And because God never changes, it means everything that he says and everything he does uh, wills to do will come to pass. If you look with me to the book of James, 
chapter 1, James chapter 1. Look with me to verse 16. It says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Listen, you and I must not be deceived that some the, the, our blessings that we have, as we will tell ourselves and as men will tell us, is that we're self-made. Right? Man will tell us how they've, how they've blessed us or how they've fixed us or how they've done this or how they've done that. And we will tell ourselves how we've, uh, how we've done for ourselves. But we should not be deceived that God is the one. Our God is the one who blesses us. And as people are vying for your attention, as people are vying to manipulate you, never forget where your blessings come from. Because if we get our eyes off of God whom blessings come from, and we put our eyes upon man, we can be manipulated by the gifts that man provides rather than the blessings that God gives. So if you and I, let me say that again, if we take our eyes off of God, the giver of all good things, we put them upon man, we become uh, easy to control because of the gifts of man rather than the blessings of God because we mistake that everything good comes from God. So even though God may use someone to bless us, that gift came from God, not from them. Right? So our, our, our uh, loyalty should never be to a politician. Our loyalty should never be to somebody who made promises. Our loyalty should never be able to be bought. Why? Because every good thing that has ever been done for us, that has ever been given to us, comes from God. And we live in a selfish society where we want to believe that something that we've done, we've earned, and don't get me wrong, I'm all up for a hard work ethic and someone who works hard, don't get me wrong, I believe in that. But God is the one who gives us favor. And God is the one who gives us promotion. And as long as we recognize that, man can never manipulate or control us. And that means that they can never make us so fearful that uh, they can destroy us because we know that God is the one who gives good gifts. And so therefore, he always has the last word. He's the one that gives the good gifts. And if this person can't give it, he'll find somebody else to give it. Because God will not lie. And he cannot change. And he does not change his mind like man changes his mind. I don't know if I'm saying it the way that it's in my heart right now. The way that it's in my spirit. But... If we put our dependence on man and believe that he is the one who uh, helps us to rise and lay down, who helps us to have and not have, who blesses us and curses us, a son of God, who is the one who's sovereign and in control, then what happens is we put our faith and our trust in man and we become easy to manipulate. That's how politicians manipulate us. They manipulate us by making us think that they somehow are the giver of all good gifts, that somehow they're the ones that are the blessing or the bringers of all good gifts. And so we elect the person that we believe is going to meet our self-interest, our selfish self-interest. Right? Who's the one that's going to get the most tax cuts? Or who's the one that's going to get the most entitlements? Who's the one that's going to increase my social security? Who's the one that's going to increase this or increase that? What is, how does it affect my pocket? 
And so we're controlled and manipulated. And when they let us down or they lie, we are absolutely destroyed and distraught because they told us they were going to do something and our faith and our trust was in man and our faith and our trust should have been in God because man blows with the wind and he uh, changes his mind with the latest wind that it blows, the direction that it blows. But God does not change his mind. That's why it says here in James chapter 1, James says that uh, he who does not change like shifting shadows, just like as the earth revolves around the sun and the earth rotates on its axis, and day becomes night and night becomes day as the earth moves, as the sun, earth moves, the sun, obviously the position of the earth as it relates to the sun changes. And so therefore shadows are constantly changing direction. The one object casts a shadow one direction and two hours later that shadow is casting a different direction. It's constantly changing. But God does not change. We, we serve a God who does not change and who keeps his word. Do not look to men to rescue you. I shouldn't look to men to rescue me. I look to God. Our faith and our trust must be in him first. Because man will always let us down. Always. Because we're human and we're selfish. Even the greatest leader is selfish and self-centered. But God's not like me. He's not selfish. He's not self-centered. He's a God of love and mercy and grace. And he loves you. And in all this uncertainty and all this craziness where man wants you to look to them for hope and future, God says, look to me. Look to me. He is the one that gives rest. He is the one that gives peace that passes all understanding. He is the one that gives comfort because he never changes. means his love never changes and if his love never changes his feeling towards you and me never changes which means he, nothing that I have done or ever will do can cause God to love me more or love me less and that's amazing he loves us and he loves you and he loves me and he wants the best for us so don't be afraid and don't look to man but look to God God is carrying through on promises he made millennia ago. What does that mean he's going to do for you? The promise he made you. The promises in his word. His hope. He's always working. Never changing. Always working for your good. Let us pray. Father God, I pray for each of those who are listening right now that you would move upon their hearts and upon their minds, Father. Lord, we're all worried, we're all scared, the news changes, and uh, 
one leader saying one thing and another leader saying something else, and we've got church leaders saying one thing and church leaders saying something else, and we've got people uh, being selfish and self-centered and, and, and people uh, who are looking out for their own self-interests and their own self-desires, and I just pray, God, that you'd help us to see through all of the rhetoric and to see through all, of, all of, of what man is trying to offer and that we would look to you. The one who loved us so much that he gave his only, your only son. The one who loved us so much that you have mercy and continue to have mercy on us day in and day out, God. The one whose mercy is new every morning. God, help us to see you in all of this turmoil and to turn to you, to not run from you, but to turn to you, to not be deceived and believe that man can meet all of our needs. It is you who meets our needs. Help us, God, to follow your direction, to be obedient to you. Lord, help us to obviously submit to the authorities that are over us as long as it is reasonable and uh, according to your word, to be wise and to uh, be diligent and um, everything, but just also help us to not live in fear and help us, God, to search, uh, seek after you above all things. We worship you, we honor you, and we praise you in the precious, holy name of Jesus. Amen. May God richly bless you, continue to protect you through this week, and hopefully we'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month, we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.